Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. This is Matt Frazier, joined by Doug Hay, and I am excited to be back from our cruise. We had a really good time, and uh, as as I figured it would, uh, it, it re-energized me and my wife Erin, and we're really excited. It's a great experience. That's good, and no no cruise horns in the background of this episode. Nope, there will be none. Uh, <laughs> we're, the boat is, has gone back to the Caribbean, and we are not on it, so... Um, well, you look t- suntan and rested, and yeah, you look good. You I, grew a beard a little bit, <laughs> sort of. Uh, yeah, I guess this is my stubble. The best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really relaxing. It was it was a weird cruise in that like what I've come to associate with cruises is, and I've only been on like three maybe, is lots of downtime where you kind of just like you have nothing to do. The boat's moving, and you just go sit on the top deck and read a book or something. Mm-hmm. And this had almost none of that kind of time like you could have it if you wanted to but there was so much stuff going on it throughout the four or five time slots throughout the day there were always like four things going on to choose from so uh when we got off the boat at the islands there was plenty of like the typical cruise stuff but while we were actually on the boat it was just packed with stuff to do so really different uh lots of good education and, and entertainment and good things but different from typical cruise for sure Awesome. That's fun. Yeah. So we'll we will kind of recap that today because I think this it'll be interesting to talk about the stuff on it. It's not just like a uh, a typical you know like here's my vacation recap for you, <laughs> uh, but I think it's stuff that will be of interest to people because Aaron and I have actually tried to make some changes already in our diet because of it, and uh, I think people will like. To, I think it'll just be interesting. So we, I do want to talk about that stuff, um, but let's get into a couple things first. We got a question to answer. And we have this little issue with uh, with our podcast feed that that when we switched to a new service back in January, it seems that we lost a bunch of people who who just it's still in iTunes looks like you're getting our you know, that you're subscribed, but the feed doesn't update. So it looks to those people like we haven't put out a new episode since January. Right, and uh, that happened on the cruise. Actually, this is not the first time we knew about it, but I talked to a bunch of people on the cruise who came up and said like they were really big fans of the podcast but wondered why we had just suddenly stopped doing them and hadn't put out any since January. Uh, so that that sucks, obviously, because the the difficulty is that we can't reach those people to tell them to update their feed, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so why, so we're why are we telling on you? This? you really... <laughs> right, well, right. You need to go spread the word. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to try to fix it, for one. We're going to um, do something different, which we're hoping will fix the problem, but we know there's possibility that it could cause the exact same problem for people again. Right. So if we're going to do that this week, ne- or next week, I guess, and um, if you notice that you're not getting new updates, we'll, we'll have another episode go up on Tuesday of next week, so it's the 31st of March. If you notice you're not getting that or you're not getting the one after that, then maybe this has happened to you. So just all you have to do is, is unsubscribe to the podcast and then resubscribe. Right. And it will update the feed for you. And I'm guessing if you're hearing this message that it probably won't happen to you. You know, I'm, There's probably something about the computers or, or subscriptions or whatever that if it happens again, it'll happen to the same people. But anyway, just to be aware of, if, you, if it seems like we have just suddenly stopped making episodes, uh, we haven't. It's just that something has, has broken. So um, good to know. And also, this is probably not going to be super effective here, but if you do have like friends who listen to the podcast 
like real world in-person friends or even online friends um if you can let them know about this that would be awesome because like i said we have no way of reaching people to say you need to update your feed uh if they're not getting new episodes i mean we can we can send emails to the list and all that but it's not the same people like some people listen to the podcast but don't subscribe to any other no meat athlete stuff and if you have friends who don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> yeah. then still tell them about this issue. Yeah, and while you're at it, go leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh-huh. That'd be great. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's uh, that's that little bit of admin. Um, so let's get to a question. We have one. We've got a couple audio questions, and we'll get to one of those in the next episode. Uh, we have one, though, that was actually just recently emailed, and it's a little bit related to the cruise that we were on or, or something that came up on the cruise. So I figured we'd do this one. Uh, it's from Marianne, and she says, uh, you've mentioned you don't have a microwave oven. Do you have some specific concern about using a microwave? I do most of my cooking for my three teens and husband and use my microwave multiple times a day. Um, let's see, then she talks about some of what she uses and why why she uses it. Uh, could use. She said, I know I could use my stove to do all the initial cooking, though it seems it would take longer and use more dishes. Uh, but how do you reheat food? Maybe you just eat mostly raw, so cooking isn't an issue. Just curious, thanks. Okay, good question. Um, and good that, that Doug, you're on here because you uh, you were my initial inspiration to get rid of the microwave, which we did back in 2012. Um, so our a lot of people have this assumption. But actually, when I wrote the microwave post, and Marianne, there's a post on No Mean Athlete about um, giving up your, our microwave why we got rid of it and and answering some other questions like how to reheat food i said it's kind of what the best methods i had discovered whether it was good to steam food or add water into the pan and just kind of it just sort of depended on the dish which of those methods was best um but also in that post but i what i said and a lot of people kind of skipped over this part it seems uh, oh that post by the way is called kill your microwave so you can just type in uh nomadathlete.com slash kill dash your dash microwave um, maybe people read that read that headline and just assumed that I thought microwaves were evil. <laughs> um, but what I said in that post was that I hadn't really seen any convincing evidence, uh, scientific you know studies that that showed that a microwave actually destroy, destroyed the nutrition value of food, and uh, I still haven't. So it wasn't really a health reason for me. Uh, I, I guess it's it is a form of radiation in your microwave, and, and some of that does leak out but you know regular heat using a toaster oven that is a form of radiation and the heat right. going so who knows how bad it is uh i think if your microwave was malfunctioning maybe maybe that could be dangerous or something <laughs> but uh I, you know i don't think it's a huge health risk i, I really don't um uh, and actually on the cruise this dr michael gregor who i haven't really talked about much or written about much but he runs a site called nutritionfacts.org and i've seen him speaking at lots of different events and he seems to really be gaining in popularity uh, but he was a brilliant, fascinating guy. Just seemed like very scientific. Didn't I don't know if he has an ethical uh, reason for, for eating this way, but I really liked his stuff and his approach. So I'm going to be – he puts out videos on his site, nutritionfacts.org. And uh, he, he here said that on the cruise there was a Q&A with him, Dr. Campbell, who wrote, wrote the China study, and Dr. Esselstyn, who with Campbell was in Forks Over Knives. Uh, and he himself wrote uh, Preventing and Reversing Heart Disease, I believe it's called. Uh, anyway, they did a Q&A. So it was a pretty neat panel of people, of doctors. And someone asked the question about uh, microwaving food, whether it was safe or not. And he said that he didn't 
see any he hadn't seen any evidence that that actually the micronutrients or macronutrients that any of that was destroyed or harmed by microwaving but it was either campbell or esselstyn or maybe both uh who mentioned not actual like an actual science but a, a science project that was done <laughs> and i don't know who how old she was or what but it was somebody's <laughs> science project basically that showed that if you microwaved water enough times then when you fed it to a plant uh, along with whatever else the plant needs to survive, that the plant didn't grow. So it seemed as if somehow the microwave was destroying whatever this life force is in the water. And I think they even used that term. But I don't know. Uh, you know, so maybe maybe it's true that, that there's something about a microwave that isn't great, but I am personally not convinced of that. So quickly, why, I'll share myself, but why did you give up the microwave? Well, my so my wife, she, she was kind of motivated by that health aspect of it i think she just you know likes living naturally and Mm -hmm. doing that uh for me it was kind of about clutter like it was just really nice to get rid of the microwave on our counter and i was kind of just at that point aggressively moving toward simplicity and just like trying to really do things very very simply and i just enjoyed not having it it was just nice to cook food in pans like the way that Mm -hmm. people have been doing for way longer than they've been using microwave so that, that was why i did it and i liked it but then we moved to a house uh this past Oh, I don't know, December, that has a microwave installed above the stove. So mm-hmm. we have a microwave now. I use it now and then to reheat stuff, but tend to use it way less than I used to for sure. Yeah. What about you? Why'd you get rid of it? Yeah, well, I, I never grew up with one. I, my parents never had one, so I knew how to reheat food and you know, cook without a microwave. So that wasn't, a, that wasn't an issue until I went to college, and then all of a sudden I had one um, and didn't really know how to cook that well. You know, So the microwave was the easy option. And I was using it all the time. And then when I graduated college, um, you know, I just I found that I didn't really like the way the microwave made the food taste. I didn't like what it did to the food, not necessarily for nutritional reasons, but just it, you know, it kind of flattens out your food. It kind of kills your food a little bit. Um, and and so instead of buying one, I just decided to go back to the way I grew up and uh, and decided not to get one. And and you know, at that point, learning how to heat up food wasn't wasn't a an issue really and so it just I, I enjoyed it and then when my wife moved in um she we she didn't own it she had one when she, where she lived but she didn't own it so we just kind of never had one until again we moved recently and moved in with a, a range microwave so we have one now that we again use occasionally but it's pretty rare and mm-hmm. i just kind of kind of like it like life without it better than right life with it yeah and i i, I think i do too but uh Marianne, again, I, I don't think there is a real health risk to it, uh, at least none that I've seen. And I, I imagine some people will be angry that, that we're saying this, because I know in that blog post, people put links in the comments like, look, check out this, can't you read this and this and this. Um, I, I just haven't, there's, yeah, there's plenty of stuff on the internet about why it's bad, but it doesn't seem like in actual real scientific journals uh, that are respected, there's there's been anything about it. And unlike the food situation with with the beef and dairy industries lobbying to kind of, you know, keep, keep the status quo and not have the right information out there. I don't know that there's a big, uh, pro microwave contingent out there that's, 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 you know, has, has a serious interest in keeping the microwave thing going. So I, I don't think that's, uh, the result of, of that being, uh, stifled and kept away from us, this information that microwaves are yeah. bad, but who knows? I mean, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a billion dollar industry, but I'm serious, um, but, <laughs> but, but I, probably right. nothing yeah. compared to those food right. industries. Yeah. So anyway, um, but but yes, Marianne, I, so I don't think it's a bad thing. Dr. Greg, I should have said this. Um, 
said something like when someone's trying to get healthy, he doesn't at all want them to think that using a microwave to heat up a sweet potato that they're going mm-hmm. to make instead of, a, you know, whatever other thing. Like, so if they feel like, okay, so now if I want to eat healthy, I have to not use my microwave also and cook versus the ease of putting in a TV dinner or something. He doesn't want that to prevent somebody from being healthy. So he said yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. Cool. Uh, but Marianne, I did put, like I said, there are some, just a few little things about how we did heat up food in, in that post. So uh, if it's useful to you, then then do it. But I don't see anything wrong with continuing to use the microwave. Cool. Uh, by the way, first night of the cruise, uh, someone I sat at dinner next to someone who she didn't know who I was, but then I introduced myself, and uh, she said, "Oh, I used to listen to your podcast, uh, but then I stopped because it was too much back and forth." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know exactly what that means. I guess maybe that means I should I should kick you out, Doug, or you should kick me out, and it's just be a monologue. Huh. But uh, yeah, too much back and forth. So I don't know. But it was bold of her to just tell me that. That is right. right That's good. That's good. Yeah, good for her. We got that comment. I think I told you this. Did someone? Someone said we sounded like too much like we were sitting in a frat house drinking beer. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that's good. They they gave us five stars. They okay. Okay. They they said. uh, I don't. I didn't remember that one. mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, I I think that's kind of what we're going for. Just (laughs) just you know, guys talking. So, all right, cool. Maybe not the drinking beer because we don't do that very much on the podcast. Sometimes. Only because we normally do these in the morning. Right. But... It is It is not even noon yet. So Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's get to the cruise, right? Nothing else to talk about, sure. I don't think. No. Okay. So cruise. Um, it was awesome. First of all, I think I've said this before. I, was, I went for free, so I have to disclose that. Uh, we didn't pay for it, but it was really fun. My wife and I ended up going by ourselves because our son got sick at the last minute. My mom came down and watched him and our daughter, so it was really nice of us to get away. Went on this cruise for seven days, and then on the eighth day, uh, or maybe it was the ninth day because we had a travel day first, um, I ran with the No Meat Athlete Miami group, and I'll get to that at the end, but that was really fun too. So that was our trip. The cruise went to four different Caribbean islands and a couple days at sea, but uh, mostly it was about, it was not like, it was not a typical cruise, like I said, like this was a health thing a health retreat type of thing uh heavily influenced by macrobiotic cooking it seemed that a lot of the guests were chosen uh for that reason i know ritual has been on in the past uh isa chandra moskowitz has been on before this year it's the people who are kind of the standbys it seems are dr campbell and dr esselstyn michael gregor also came this year colleen patrick goudreau who was on the podcast recently was there as well uh she did some cooking classes and some keynote talks and uh, we met her and got to hang out with her. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And let's see what else we we did. Like I said, the island stuff, which was which was cool. Uh, got some massages. Actually, I got two massages. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, because I oh I won money in the casino. I never oh. won money in the casino. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna ask about that. Yeah, partly I think the reason is because I never got to like just play all night and like go wild and like have a bunch uh-huh. of drinks and then just lose all the money. Uh, it kept like there was stuff to do all the time we had dinner we met friends at dinner there were shows there was stuff at night there were even talks at eight o'clock sometimes hmm. uh, so i never got that big like crazy gambling night but somehow i ended up winning like 225 dollars over the course of it so by the end of the wow. cruise i said uh, i'm gonna do another do another massage do what, a hot what stone games, massage. what games were you playing i played blackjack mostly mm-hmm. and there was a craps game too that i played a little bit not, not a whole lot that was like rarely full enough to go i wasn't gonna go shoot dice by myself that seemed kind of right. weird yeah but it was weird the, the casino was 
oddly quiet, and I think that's because half the ship was this vegan cruise. And I think it seems that vegans just don't gamble that much or drink that much, really, mm-hmm. just compared to a, a typical cruise goer. So the casino was somewhat quiet, uh, which is probably why I didn't spend more time there. But uh, yeah, so I I did the, I won that, and I said, hey, I'm going to do a hot stone massage on the last day to reward myself. So how was that? Have you that had was, a hot stone I massage had before? Never had that before. Uh-huh. That was cool. That was not part of the vegan side of this cruise. That was just the cruise offered it. Um, mm. This Bali Bali style massage. So we did some package the first day, and then that last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff was really nice. I enjoyed that. Cool. Uh, yeah. So you leave me at home, mm-hmm. working, taking care of everything, keeping the company afloat while you're getting a hot yeah, massage. Right. I know, and I know that was a tremendous amount of work on your part, right? <laughs> keeping the company afloat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we did that. Uh, there was Pilates and yoga like every single morning that Aaron did, and Aaron actually discovered Pilates. She's never done much Pilates. She's always hmm. done yoga, but she got really into doing Pilates every morning, even. That some days she did two or three classes, wow. uh, and then one day she did a one-on-one with with I forget the last name, but it, her name was Bianca, a, a Pilates person who was on the cruise. So they also had plenty of uh, those type of speakers, people who were there to do fitness classes, like Robert Cheek, also a recent podcast guest. Um, he was there on the cruise. He did some classes. He did a couple talks. Did a Q and A, and other people did different kind of classes. I did something called a Qigong class. And it's sort of similar to Tai Chi, I think. Okay. I mean, the, the word Chi here is, is the common link, and that is that <laughs> energy, whatever, right. mysterious thing in Eastern medicine. Is it the slow movements? Is, is that Tai Chi? Yeah, Tai Chi is those where you do these, I guess you're kind of balancing. And uh-huh. doing, it's like old man in the park does right, it right, all right. the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is like that, but it's but it's somehow different. I don't know. I asked the guy what the difference was, and I a bunch of energy stuff. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so I did that. That was cool. And that made me really want to try Tai Chi. I, I've read about it recently as something that seems kind of interesting. Hmm. So anyway, I'm just trying to get the point across that there, this wasn't just talks. It was like a bunch of activities and things to do, like a really nice just getaway wellness retreat type thing. Yep. Food was completely vegan, of course. Uh, there was the other half of the ship who wasn't vegan. So I guess if you wanted, you could just go eat at their buffet or whatever. So uh, did you share a big dining room? We so all the vegan group ate at six o'clock, all at the same time. Okay, and we were all in the dining room. And then when we cleared out, I guess the other group started at eight or eight thirty. Mm. The omnivorous dinner. <laughs> um, but so there was an oil oil free option on the menu, and we did not choose that because when we did this, we we're like, well, we're not oil free. We'll just live it up, do the typical indulge on the cruise, and eat all this junk food. Yep. And I was expecting it to be all this like indulgent cruise food, vegan style, of course, but like vegan, you know, kind of junk food, just. Like like a typical cruise where you go away and you eat terrible food for a week, right? That tastes delicious. Um, this was not like that. This so most of the meals, even on the non oil free menu, were oil free, hmm. uh, almost entirely whole foods. They didn't do any added sugars or anything. I mean, they added. I think there might have been maple syrup, but there wasn't any like refined sugar put mm-hmm. into the dishes. Uh, some of the desserts, some of the appetizers had oil in them, but for the most part, oil free, which was new to us. So I, I feel like we eat healthier on this cruise than we typically eat at home. Interesting. Which was definitely surprising. I was not expecting that at all. Um, and it was really good. It seemed that each night, the first night, I was a little bit worried about the quality of the food, and then it just seemed to get way better as the week went on. And um, it just, it was delicious. It was really good food. And I was shocked at how good the oil-free food was. Because I've had this hang-up with cooking. Uh, I guess first went vegetarian, then went vegan. And before all that, I had been really into cooking. Like I was, 
I don't know. I would I would do the Bobby Flay stuff. I'd watch the Food Network. I'd cook pork and whatever else. And, and gradually started to eliminate the four-legged animals, as I've mentioned many times. Um, but when I when I went vegetarian and then vegan, like, yes, we still cook all the time. We've gotten into somewhat of a simpler style of cooking and lots of ethnic dishes like Indian and Thai food and stuff. But I've kind of lost that passion for cooking, like where you just go make this super authentic Italian dish that has every ingredient the way it should be and really high quality right. and all that. So this this step of eliminating oil to me has been kind of a hang-up. Like even though, you know, if if pressed to tell you the difference between a, a, the same dish cooked with eel or, with oil or without of it, not not eel, no eels involved here. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know if I can taste the difference with if you cook with oil or not. But I kind of always thought in my head that I could. Mm-hmm. I had this feeling that it just wouldn't be as good if I didn't use oil to saute the onions as the first step, even if that's all the oil that you put in the recipe. Uh, but after having the food on this cruise, especially the soups, I just I realized that I, I can't tell the difference. So mm. certainly there are some dishes that just absolutely require the use of oil or they're not going to be the same. Right. But I think for the most part, those are few and far between. And I kind of told myself that if I want to still have that side of life and, and this interest in cooking you know, as as best I can while still making it vegan – that I can do that one day a week. I can I can just cook, put oil in in whatever. If I'm gonna like cook on a Sunday all day and make some special, you know, I can still put oil on that. Or if we're going out to eat, we're not gonna say don't eat oil. But what we're gonna try to do is to not have it at home because uh, I just I really do believe the the doctors, the people, Doctor Furman, who I've mentioned plenty of times, is strongly against oil. Uh, my friend Ray Cronice, who's been on the podcast, also knows a lot about nutrition and says oil really should not be considered a food. It's it's a part of a food, and uh, our body just doesn't need that kind of that fat like that. It's just when it's taken out of where it belongs. And basically, if you, if you eliminate oil and, and just eat entirely whole foods, it seems that your body moves towards where it's supposed to go. Hmm. So I don't need to lose any weight or something. And, of course, that's my concern is that if I don't have the oil, I'm going to be missing out on these calories and maybe lose weight. But I don't know. I'm going to give it a go. Aaron's a little more into to losing baby weight than I am because I didn't didn't gain any baby weight. <laughs> as difficult as that pregnancy was for me, I didn't, didn't lose any – didn't gain any weight. Uh-huh. Um, so she's she's a little bit more gung-ho about it than I am but it's something I've wanted to do for a while and I'm, I'm excited just to try it I have no idea if it'll last but we're doing it and it's it's been good so far so what uh, what would a typical meal dinner look like on the cruise um, oil free always always five courses there was appetizer which let's see it might be like some kind of a hummus with um I don't know whatever vegetables they served it with, mm-hmm. and like something to make it a little bit more fancy. I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe some kind of like uh, little, like crouton type things that that they served that were homemade, obviously. Uh, then a soup, and often it was like a bean soup, like a black bean type of soup, mm-hmm. uh, or a pinto bean or something. And those were just delicious, no oil in them. Then we'd have a salad course, which would have some kind of vinaigrette. Always, I don't know how they did it without oil. They did post all the ingredients of everything, mm. but. You know, they were just, they had lemon juice on them or, or vinegar or right. some other creamy dressing that they made out of cashews or who knows what. Uh, then might be like a tofu lasagna for the main course, or uh, we had a polenta dish one time with something else. We had a, we had a seitan and steamed vegetables one time. So, I mean, none of, it's not salt free. There was salt on this stuff seasoned. It tasted like normal food, just didn't have oil in it. Right. Uh, and I was just pleasantly surprised at how, at how well that worked and how I didn't, didn't really notice a big difference. So, and then there'd be dessert, and dessert usually had oil, but uh, you could always get the oil-free or gluten-free option if you wanted. 
And a couple times our table had both options. Actually, we ate the regular one and then we asked for <laughs> the other option and had that too. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a lot like cruise food. It just wasn't heavy and, and gross after you eat it. Mm-hmm. But so, but still good. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, maybe. But if if you're trying to cook without oil and you want to saute the vegetables, you just use water. You just use water. Yeah, a lot of recipes that you'll see nowadays say something like two tablespoons of oil or water to to saute. Mm-hmm. So, Katie and I have been trying to do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the doctor, uh, holistic health doctor, recently, and he said I wasn't processing oil very well. In oh, the, yeah? In my uh, wow. liver Bad or whatever. Or yeah, I don't know. Something, <laughs> he said it was genetic, he thought. Um, okay. But, so, to, to cut back on the oil a bit, and um, we've been using water. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it kind of steams the vegetables. Right, it, it does doesn't, It doesn't quite taste the same if you're doing, like, a stir-fry or something like that. It, it doesn't. That's true. Um. Yeah, I that, that's it's true. It, it's not quite the same, mm-hmm. but I guess I just realized it's not that different. You right, know? right, right. It's like if is it really a big deal? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you're really into cooking, then yes, it probably is a big deal. And I think that this transition for us, if it sticks, would be a transition at least me mentally away from like being into cooking. Just kind of like we're gonna cook this food. Hopefully, it'll still taste good. But it's it's not food as entertainment anymore. It's just food as fuel and it can still be really good as as the cruise proved to us mm-hmm. but uh yeah like it's you're going to steam vegetables more inadvertently steam them rather than brown them right uh and anyone who's into raw food will will generally say that's a good thing i mean i know steaming is one of the higher temperature uh things that isn't necessarily great but this isn't that's not really what we're talking about i mean this is simmering in water in the pan mm-hmm. right it's almost like boiling them yeah um but i someone who was giving a cooking demo on the cruise kept referring to browning your food she was calling it uh burning your food it was just her little her little burning your food yeah her her way of i guess saying that it wasn't good to brown food that it, oh, that, oh. That it was just a higher temperature in general better and she was actually trying to sell some uh, pots and pans that <laughs> were really awesome but super expensive so we didn't buy them <laughs> uh but her point was that her pans that they cook um they can cook at a much much lower temperature hmm. and someone asked about browning food she was like well you really don't want to burn the food and the point here is to cook with as little temperature as possible mm. so just somewhat closer to raw food even if not really close to it um i, I went to a natural path not a holistic health okay. doctor okay <laughs> just <laughs> good just not a witch doctor not like a witch doctor no, okay no. <laughs> um so anyway yeah it, it's not the same but i think that's fine i mean i guess couldn't you brown vegetables in a pan without any water like i mean like onions or, or garlic yeah, i, I think, mean yeah, i think I you think could so. cook them that way and they but, might stick a little bit, but if you had a they might stick a little non-stick bit. pan or something. Or... What if you poured water in after they'd already browned, mm. kind of loosen them up? Yeah. Then give it a little shake? I don't know. I mean, you know, we just started doing this really like a week ago or something, so haven't had a whole lot of experience with it. Right. So anyway, that's what we're doing now. I'm hesitant to even call it a diet experiment because it's, it's a very, very minor shift. I mean, I'm eating the same mm. stuff, just not a will. Uh, and and you, you said you're not going to worry about it if you go out to dinner and stuff like that? Yeah, I feel like I'm just at a point. I don't know. I I don't. It to get rid of it from at home would would get rid of it from eighty percent of the time because mm-hmm. we don't go out that much. Sure. Uh, so I'm I'm not getting rid of that yet. And I mean, I'm honestly not even sticking. It's not like at home where I'm just going to be religious about this. But right, you know, I'm going to try and and not do it and just see how it goes and hopefully just move towards that. I don't care about being totally oil free at this point because I don't have a weight problem. Like I think if someone really had to lose weight, then then maybe they should be really strict about being oil free. Mm-hmm. Um. There are enough arguments out there for oil that, especially for someone who's active and an athlete, that 
even if it's not adding anything, maybe it's just not really doing any harm at all. Maybe it's just kind of empty calories that you're burning off and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, some people still say olive oil is, is a great anti-cancer thing or whatever. And I don't know if there's much science behind that, but maybe there is. Uh, so I'm not against it. I have no reason to totally eliminate it, but I do just want to kind of eat less. Sure. Of it. I think it's one of the least healthy foods that I eat. Uh, and, it, and it is a high proportion of calories. Even a little bit of oil adds a lot of calories to your, to your diet. And while I'm not, while I'm not focused on limiting calories, I would rather replace those with higher nutrient calories than right. oil. So by no means anti-oil, but I am enjoying trying it. Um, so that was that. That was our big food shift inspiration. Cool. Um, Seems like every time you go on one of these trips, you have yeah, some sort of it is food shift it, inspiration. It, that's the truth for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else What else. Ha- was a revelation on this cruise. Dr. Gregor was a really, I just enjoyed his talks a lot. I think he's really cool. Um, what was the funniest thing to have happened to you? Mm, funniest thing to happen. I know. I mean, we did, so we, we rented scooters in Cozumel, Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, which was really dumb because I've never, ever driven scooters before <laughs> and I'm not good at just driving things in general or doing that type of activity. Like I'm just, uh-huh. I, I'm likely to just crash a scooter. Uh, <laughs> so I was just following these people around because these people who asked us to, to, if we'd do it with them on that day and we we're like, sure, let's do it. It was, we're going to drive to this beach. It's like 10 miles away. Uh, really nice secluded beach where we could get, get a margarita. Also didn't put that together. We'd be going to this place to get margaritas and then having to drive back on the scooter. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I was very careful about that part. But what was dangerous was, first of all, in the first like three minutes of driving, we were driving around these city blocks in Mexico where people were swerving around and doing all this stuff. So I kept worrying about dinging, dinging the thing on a car or something. I didn't know how to turn, which was terrible. I didn't know if I should be leaning or steering or whatever. So like I would <laughs> I would overdo it and then have to like go overcompensate back the other way. Uh-huh. So that that was dangerous for sure. But I figured at least the worst that would happen there would be I would scrape up the bike and we'd have to pay money or something. Right. Get in Mexican jail or who knows what. <laughs> but after three minutes, we were on the highway. I was just following people. Uh-huh. And it was 80 kilometers an hour was the was the speed on this highway, which is like 50, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. It, just helmets, this open bike. No, It was flip-flops and like, you know, swimming trunks. Uh-huh. And we were going 80. Aaron was behind me on the bike. Or 80k, the, the scooter could get up that fast. Yeah, and oh, it wow. had more to go. Like you could have done more. Wow. The brakes were reversed, so you know how on a bike. I don't know if other scooters like this, but on a bike, the right hand brake is the back, the rear brake, and the mm-hmm. left is the front. And you almost always use the rear. Well, this is the opposite. Hmm. So your throttle is still on the right, right, but rear brake is now on the left. Hmm. So that was weird. And often I would find myself, I don't know why, braking and throttling <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd be in just like it jerking forward in traffic. But anyway, my wife and I on the way we, down, because we drove down to this thing. Yeah. And we were like, this is to the cruise from, from Asheville down to Florida. Right. We have relatives along the way. So we thought it wouldn't be a bad drive. But along the way, we we're like, we don't, we've never been away from our kids like this. And if something were to happen to us, that'd be terrible because, you know, they sure. we're in the same car. We, we're no longer diversifying our risk as when we travel mm-hmm. separately. Yeah. So we like wrote out a little, we don't have a good will, but we just like wrote out one. We called some people and said, hey, here's what would happen just in case so we could feel better. So we did all this. And then I realized as we're driving 80 kilometers an hour on this Mexican highway, 
that this is the dumbest possible thing I could be doing right now. <laughs> I was like, if if a rabbit or something ran out in the road, I, I would not know how to swerve this thing around it. Like I just, or if a car stopped, I don't know how to do the brakes. I don't know mm-hmm. like how much, how hard can I hit the brakes? You know, like I had no feel for the bike or anything. Right. I was like, if if anything happened, we could just die. We literally could die right now. This is a billion times more dangerous than skydiving would be or bungee jumping or anything that's scary. And I realized it was just like the dumbest thing I've ever done. So, But you survived. I survived, went, had a margarita, drove home much more comfortably. Felt like I, because after we'd driven for 15 minutes on the bike, you got more comfortable. Yeah, I felt like I kind of understand how to do mm-hmm. this now. And I even learned how to turn and how to swerve and like, <laughs> And then I was fine. Isn't your dad a big motorcycle guy? Yeah, you never he totally his is. Motorcycle? Never. I've ridden on it, but never, okay. never had a desire to really drive one. Hmm. Uh, so that was that was not a fun experience. That first part of that drive, I was I was white knuckled and scared. I had no glasses on. I didn't know you should wear glasses on the highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like bugs and stuff was coming in my eyes. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, but funny. thankfully we survived and uh, learned a lesson, sort of not to do dumb things like that. Yeah. But anyway, so I don't know if you call that funny, but in hindsight, it's funny that we... That's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and otherwise, we just... We went to a... In Jamaica, we went to a restaurant. Jamaica was terrible. I mean, the the actual area. It was just people trying to get your money, and like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got offered... One guy offered us a cab ride, and we said no. And he was like, well, what about marijuana? We are like, no. <laughs> and then, what about ecstasy? <laughs> no, thanks. Oh, well, that, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> times the time so it was a bunch of that but finally uh we went to margaritaville for a second and uh then said let's go find a real actual jamaican place to eat so we we looked up rastafarian restaurants because apparently they're high vegan or maybe entirely vegan and found one it was like 10 minutes cab right away and we went in um did you take a cab from that guy no, not okay. that guy. We got a. They have this sort of registration system, so we got a registered cab driver. Okay, okay. And uh, he took us to this this really hole in the wall restaurant, and we just said like, "Hey, we're, you know, can we eat here?" And he's like, "Yeah, there's no meat in this stuff. You know that?" And we're like, "Yeah, that's good." And he said, "Okay, have a seat." And then three minutes later, they just brought out food. There was no menu or anything. They just brought out like a whatever the dish was that day, and uh, that was fun. It was really nice. You know, it felt like we actually did something real in Jamaica, other than cool. Margaritaville and the and the shopping stuff. Nice. And other than that, it was just like beaches and, not, you know, not at all authentic culture on any of these places we went to. Right, we went to right. the Cayman Islands, Cozumel, uh, the Bahamas, and Jamaica. So, uh, you know, if you've been on a cruise before, then you know that when you get off the boat on these islands, you're not you're not there for the to try to immerse yourself in the culture. Right. Because what builds up around where the port is is just touristy shopping and Margaritavilles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we did that typical stuff. And it was really nice because we haven't done that in a really long time. Uh, so it was good to just sit and read and be in nice clear water and all that. Cool. So that was all really cool. The trip itself was just, I don't know, just just felt great, re-inspired about about eating well and that you know it was just it was just fun. And we got to hang out with all the speakers. Like they're all right there, and you can talk to them. Dr. Campbell was in line for the for the buffet in the Bahamas behind my wife, and they talked. It was just I mean, it's just cool to like talk to these people who who are are celebrities in this little world. Right. And they're just they're just there in a confined confined space on the boat, so you can you can stalk them. They can't get away. Yeah, but people are saying the exact same thing about you. Right oh, now. I'm, I'm sure they were. <laughs> um, no, I mean there were there were a few people there who came up and said, "Hey, are you from No Meat Athlete?" Or if I most often if I said my name, and yeah, everyone has name tags and things that you wear around the boat, so mm-hmm. people would read that and know who I was. But I think I guess I have kept my photo off the blog enough. It's on the book, but that I don't get recognized that much at all. Hmm. Um, 
which is fine. I mean, it's kind of good. Yeah. I don't know. Good and I don't know. It's not that I mind being recognized. It's it's fun. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, on Saturday, the very last day after the cruise let out and we were back on terra firma, um, <laughs> we, we hung out in Miami for the day. And I had arranged this ahead of time with the uh, Miami No Meet Athlete Group. Because as, as you may know, if you're an avid podcast listener, uh, last fall, I believe, we started No Meet Athlete Groups around the country. And I think about 80 people in different places said they wanted to start one. And that's that's all it takes is one person to say, I'm willing to, to be the leader of a group. And we have a like a little playbook, you know, thing for them to do. And here's kind of our, our best practices for getting a group started. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, of those, probably 25% have like really stuck and, and are, are happening. Uh, some as far away as Sydney, which is really cool, Sydney, Australia. Um, but there have been a handful in the U.S. that are just that have really taken off, that have been really great ones. Uh, and I'm actually trying to visit them this year. I actually have plans to visit all of them. Miami was one, and then the other ones uh, in the next, next, I guess by the end of May, I will have done all of them. Uh, so anyway... I just wanted to go run with them and hang out and, and as a way of saying, first of all, saying thanks for doing such a good job down here and also to enjoy myself and also to see what they were doing, just to see how, how they were doing it. Like what was so great about this? What was the secret sauce of the Miami group? Uh, so we we went out to lunch, Aaron and I did. First of all, we went to this market, this amazing farmer's market in Miami. Um, and for anyone who's in there, it's, it's in the Coconut Grove area, for anybody who knows what that is. Uh, it was like... It kind of sounds silly to say this, but it was like a million times better than going to Whole Foods, which <laughs> which I guess shouldn't really be the standard for amazing shopping experiences, but it kind of is. Uh, so this was there was so much more stuff there, fruit and and different beans and seeds and Indian spices and all this kind of stuff, uh, as well as we had some really good Ethiopian food as like a appetizer for lunch. So anyway, very cool market. Got a bunch of stuff there. Then met them. Uh, met the leaders, Alex, Jeanette, and Annie. Um, who who kind of jointly all lead the group and have done such a great job. So we had lunch with them, walked around Miami a little bit with them, and then in the afternoon went for a run with the whole group. And I think we had like twenty to twenty five people show up. Cool. It was kind of a weird time slot. They and they they do all their runs in the morning because it's really hot there, and even in the off season it was getting hot. So this was a pretty hot run. Um, and but but we still had a really good turnout. Did this run, ran over a bridge, because that's that's where they go for their hill runs. They have this really one long bridge. Went and did that. And uh, and then went out to dinner at this place called Choices Cafe that they that they go to for their after their, their morning runs. They go there for breakfast. And uh, it seems like a lot of people actually just show up just for the breakfast part, which is just as cool by me. Uh, but we went there for dinner and they had a bunch of good things. So that was really neat. That was like a perfect end to this this cruise, which which all in all was a big feel good experience for us about this whole lifestyle and the choices we made. But uh, to, just to see that group and to, to realize like that was something that we had a hand in making happen, and all these people who like were connected, and it seems like some of them kind of get together and do runs outside of the typical their once a month Miami No Meat Athlete run that they do. Um, people who are like the leaders are thinking about starting their own podcast, kind of related to plant based diet stuff in Miami. Just like really really cool stuff happening, and uh, to feel like we were a part of that was was awesome so that that was a great experience and i think they're they're amazing so if you're in that miami area by all means check them out um you can go to nomadathlete.com slash groups and you will see uh all our information about all our groups actually uh one of which is miami so you can find them on facebook there and and join up very cool i'm glad you got to do that yeah it's fun
so that's it i mean i think i think we'll be back next year it sounds like you are thinking about maybe going to yeah which will be awesome um i think it's likely that i will be a presenter next year i'm not really sure but just from talking to them it sounds like i probably will be uh and they do have the early bird rates now they were available on the ship but uh you can actually go there now and and book it at and save like i don't know two to four hundred dollars off of the ticket prices depending on what what class of ticket you get cool um so that is there i the it's at a taste of health.org i think actually i should verify that um but when you do it if you say that i assuming that they're going to run this promotion again and assuming that i'm going to be on the boat again which i don't none of these i don't neither of these do i know for totally certain um but yeah it's a taste of health.org and you could also just google holistic holiday at sea um and then if you click on their rates and you can you can book and if you do when you when you mention i don't know what who referred you or what speaker you're excited about or whatever you can if you put no meet athlete or matt frazier there then you uh at least if it's the same as this last year you'll get a 50 dollars onboard credit if it's your first time on the boat uh which is cool so anyway and, and i'm pretty sure i'll be there and if i am then we'll make sure we do some some stuff some we had lunch with the people who signed up through my link this time uh but that was kind of a uh, impromptu thing that we just put together uh but i think i think what i'll do this time assuming i go back and i'm invited back um do something more substantial you know maybe a couple different meetups maybe some some more structured runs or whatever uh or workouts running was a little bit tricky on the boat i was hoping to be able to run on the boat but it turned out that they didn't have a track they just had a a path on the top deck so you're a little bit of swerving around like barriers and things that are up there it wasn't mm. a dedicated running track unfortunately um but who knows we'll we'll figure something out for so you, you didn't go after that treadmill 50k world record did not do that no okay that's right and i that's i haven't even asked you about your uh, 100k i know you sent me an email about how that went uh and i think we'll put out an episode about that so you don't have to go too into detail but but you want to give us the the spoiler how it went just the like the one minute version and then well, we'll go into depth next time it did not go as planned okay <laughs> definitely did not go as planned um and i had uh some issues some uh stomach and ended up actually peeing blood about halfway through mm. the through the race so nice. was dealing with some issues that i hadn't dealt with before and um but i got it done you know i finished good and finished before the sun went down so that was good is that what prompted the visit to the to the witch doctor <laughs> um yeah actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay uh-huh interesting so oil oil is what made you people no no no, no. <laughs> you're not going to go on record as saying that no definitely okay. not it was microwave okay okay so microwave and oil made you people up. yeah good all right good you can take that back to the bank mm-hmm. all right well good yeah um, so i have i have tons of things just to talk yeah? about that we can talk about um and you said i mean it was a general having to having to bounce back from being terrible right it was uh it was by far the mentally toughest point that i've ever been more than before. more than 100 miler you did yeah which is a hard 100 miler uh, right um, and you asked me if it felt if, if i thought it was going to feel more like 100 than a 50 mm-hmm. and i don't know if it really felt like 100 the recovery has felt like 100 but um the mental point i was at about halfway through the race was uh just way worse than anything i experienced hmm. even during the 100 wow yeah good well that'll be a good episode then um because i like that topic and i've I, that's one thing that has fascinated me about ultra running is that you can you can hit a really low point and i don't know how well you did bounce back but you finished the mm-hmm. race yeah. uh, but like with marathons it was always if you had a at mile 18 or 20 you just crashed 
then that was the end of your race. It was a failure, and you mm-hmm. limped and walked your way to the finish line and like tried as best you could to to not lose too much time. Right. Uh, but but it basically, you you knew that on eighteen mile eighteen, so you you had failed and your race was done. But uh, as I found with ultra running, there you have long enough that you can you can wait a while and walk or do whatever you need to, and then mm-hmm. forty five minutes later you can kind of be going again. Right. And when when the race itself is going to take you, who knows, eight or ten or way more hours, um, that you know forty minutes of walking isn't isn't a disaster. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So good. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that. And uh, we will next week. We've got Gene Bauer, who has a brand new book coming out. Um, by the way, I'll be at Marshall Health Fest this coming weekend. This this podcast, I think, is going to go up on Friday. What's what's tomorrow, Doug? Do we know? Tomorrow's March? the twenty seventh. Sounds about right. Yep, twenty seventh. Okay, so I'm flying to Marshall Health Fest tomorrow on that day when this podcast goes live. Um, so if you do happen to hear this on that Friday and you're in the the Texas area. <laughs> I know Texas is a really small place and you can easily get from one, one side of the state to the other. Um, then, then come to Marshall health fest. Cause I'll be there. Gene Bauer, who I just mentioned, will also be there. Rich roll will be there. Dr. Campbell will be there. Hmm. Uh, many others, chef AJ a reunion. It will sort of be a reunion. Yeah. Chef AJ was, was also on this cruise and I didn't mention her, but she had some interesting ideas too. Um, but she'll be at this thing, I think. Um, so anyway, that's a side note. Uh, but we'll have Gene Bauer next week. He's talking about his new book. And uh, then I think in the next week, we'll probably talk about your race after that. Cool. So, And I just, I just want to make a plug. We haven't talked about this, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to cut this out. But, um, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> last week, over at Rocket Runner, my, <laughs> my personal site, I released uh, something called the Trail Runner System, which is designed to help you transition from roads to trails and trails to ultra marathons. Um, and I'm super excited about it, and the, the response has been great. And Matt contributed part of it along with the, several other mm-hmm. names you'd probably recognize. Um, so if you're interested in checking it out, we'll set up a link at nomadathlete.com slash trail-system. Yeah, that works. Work? Sure. All right. All right. Thank you, Doug, for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate the warning that you were going to do that. <laughs> but, uh, but thanks. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, actually, Doug knows a lot about trail running, way more than I do. And, uh, and I could say the same about ultra running too. So uh, I have no doubt that it's a good system, and I know that my contribution was fun. We had a good time making mm-hmm. that little video. Uh, so yeah, check that out. And I think that's it. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, I'll be in Marshall this weekend, and then we've got Gene Bauer next week. And after that, uh, we'll get into your get into your thing. We've got a bunch more stuff planned. It seems like we have plans for the next month or two of podcast episodes. So I'm I'm excited about this. We might even try to do them a little bit more frequently. Not totally sure about that. But uh, but things are good. So uh, anyway, again, please spread the word to people that you know listen to the show. Uh, let them know about the issue we had and, and remind them that if they haven't gotten episodes, they can unsubscribe and resubscribe, and uh, that will that will bring them up to speed on all the missed episodes they've missed since January. All right, sounds great. All right, welcome back, Matt. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, see you soon. Bye. Bye.